Yo, it's Kelly. And this is Janine. And this is Contras y Contras, the podcast that breaks down our radical feminista literary perspectives on pop culture, our culture, and modern Latinx life. Yo, what's up? Hey, everyone. So, how have things been? Uh, pretty, pretty crazy. I mean, we were talking before we started recording, so it's like, I feel like when you are in your early to mid-twenties, it's just like everything is just so tumultuous and like up in the air and everyone's just like, I don't know what I'm fucking doing with my life. And even, and like, even, like, the people that have, like, their shit together still, like, you know, have those little existential crises, like, oh, but is this what I really want to do, and, like, am I going to find someone, or all that bullshit. I think there's, like, the fear of hitting middle age and just being like, fuck, what did I do with my life, right? Yeah. Like, and I think that's, like, kind of the crippling thing. I know one of the things I've been kind of trying to focus on lately is just, like, meditating, being present in, like, the moment right now, like, doing whatever I can now to set myself up for later. It's really hard to fucking do. <laughs> um, but it's helpful to some degree, I think. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, shit's, shit's tough all around right now. Yeah. No, I'm trying to, like, take control of, like, what I can do. So, like, I think the biggest thing is just, like, watching like what I put in my body like making sure that I don't eat trash all the time (laughs) and also like making sure that I work out like I've been like when I'm too tired to go to the gym like what I like to do is like just like to walk around the neighborhood or like go to a nearby park and then do laps there because it's just like even if I'm like too tired like to go to the gym like I'm still doing something like I'm still moving like I'm still going outside (laughs) so it's I've been trying to get more into the habit of doing that. Which, you know, exercise is always good, not just, like, if you're trying to get fit or whatever, like, that's cool, but just kind of, like, moving your body around and, like, I don't know, being in tuned with yourself, like, that is always good. Plus, being in nature, I'm super about, like, going on nature walks. I recently, this was a really horrible decision of mine, um, I recently went to Shabaram Park. Have you ever been to Shabaram? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I was having a rough day, like, a couple of weeks ago, and I was just like, I'm done with it. I can't be in my house anymore. I was just, like, really frustrated. Um, shit just wasn't going the way I wanted it to. And I woke up, like, on the wrong side of the bed or whatever. And it was, like, literally, like, 1 p.m. And I was like, I'm going to go for a hike. Which is, like, it was, like, 100 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, the trail at Shabarian Park that, like, I go on is really fucking long, and it's all in the sun. So, yeah. like, I was just sweating and, like, not super happy, but when I got home, I, like, felt better. Definitely. So, it worked out, but also, maybe don't go hiking in the midday in, yeah, like, the 100-degree heat. <laughs> don't do that. I was like, this isn't smart. So, you want to move on to today's topic? Why don't Topics. 
Alright, um, so if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, you'll know that um, we tabled at what you, the artist formerly known as Pomona Zine Fest. <laughs> it's now known as uh, Wildflower Zine Fest because I, and I dig that because it's like, it's more, you know, migratory. It's just like trying to serve like underrepresented like art communities. Um, you know, like the Inland Empire, um, even the SGV, you know, like the Palm Desert area, shit like that, because it's just like, I feel like everything is just so centralized around like San Francisco and LA when it comes to like the art community that sometimes it like you, it's hard to like get your voice out there. And honestly, it's just like for me, it's just like I just don't want to fucking drive to LA like every time there's like a poetry event. Like, it's tiring. I mean, I hate to say, like, I'm the complete opposite of that. Like, I'm the kind of person that, like, I love driving to new places. I mean, I guess I can understand why, like, it's a bitch. I'm also, like, I'm weird. Like, I'm that person that's like, I'll drive an hour and 15 minutes to go, like, chill with a friend for like a couple hours you know what I mean and like I know that a lot of people aren't like that because especially if you live in LA sitting in traffic is a bitch and road rage is a thing um but no I can feel like I do also feel like there are a lot more community spaces that are available and that are really bolstered by the community in LA and that's part of the reason why and so that's why I really dug the fact that Pomona Zine Fest was really about kind of reaching out to people from the San Gabriel Valley and the Inland Empire and, like, yeah. to all these pe- places that, like, it's a lot harder to, you know, get your work in your community scene because yeah. there's not really as an established art scene in those areas. Um, or maybe not necessarily as, as you know, um, out there as, like, L.A. or San Francisco or whatever. Yeah. No, I agree. But anyways, uh, we were approached by the organizer, Jessica, to table. So we submitted our application and got in and we were like, hello, psyched. And it was really cool to like be on the other side of the, the table. So what were some of your thoughts? Like, what were some like of your experiences at Pomona Zinefest or Wildflower Zinefest? Well, I mean, it's kind of weird because I've done tabling for I mean I was really involved in high school and in college and so like I've done that for orgs before so like that concept is not something that was like super new to me it's something I've been doing for you know forever but like there's always like this like you get excited the day of and you're like and there's always something you forget and have to go like we forgot markers yeah for the button making machine um I don't know like I kind of went into it like super stoked to just kind of be there mm-hmm. and like rub shoulders with other people who are doing the same things or yeah. similar things um so that was really cool that's definitely i i don't know i also kind of like i'm weird and awkward and like i don't know how to talk to people in a way that like i don't i, I feel like sometimes it comes off insincere mm. um but I am, like, when I'm in those kind of, like, how do I put it? Like, when I'm in that environment of, of trying to, like, network, quote-unquote, or yeah. um, just, like, build an audience or whatever, um, it's kind of difficult because 
I feel like a lot of people who go to zine fests aren't super talkative people. Um, yeah. Or maybe aren't, like, necessarily interested in having conversations with the artists. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, I definitely agree. I wrote a whole ass article. I'll probably link it in the show notes about, like, like the things that people did at ZineFest that annoyed me. And, like, they're the shit that I don't do because I'm, as an artist and as a writer, like, you value, like, you learn to appreciate, like, how much fucking work goes into shit. And I feel like a lot of people that don't do that, like, don't realize, like, how hard it is to be there. And because it's just, like, you say, like, it's really hard to talk to people, but it's just, like, I feel like a lot of the times, like, when I was trying to talk to people, like, that approached us, like, it was largely one-sided. Like, they wouldn't even look at us. They would just, yeah. like, pick up a zine, like, read the whole entire fucking thing, and then put it back, and then just walk away, like, without even saying Which anything. Which I, I can understand that perspective, because I know when I was walking around looking for, like, stuff that I wanted to pick up, it was kind of, like, it was kind of one of those things, like, what do I say? Like, do I say hi? Okay, like, is the other person going to engage me in conversation? No? Okay, so then I'm just going to browse, like, what they have. Um, so I think it also depends on the artists that are behind yeah. the table, for sure. Um, to me, if they're busy with someone, I just won't go to their table. Like, I'll just be like, I will come back later. But, like, for me, the thing that annoyed me is just, like, the fact that, like, some people, like, wouldn't even look at you or, like, not even say hi. And I understand that some people, like, have, like, social anxiety issues, but I'm just, like, a lo- I feel like a lot of people there were just, like, we're here for your products, and if you can't offer us anything that we like, then we're not going to bother. Because that's just how capitalism is. Yeah. I definitely think, too, one of the things is, like, like, somebody would pick up a zine and look at it and then, like, look at you. Yeah. And then be, and like, be like, oh, hey, like, yeah, it's my zine. And then they just, like, wouldn't say anything. Yeah. And it's like, do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you want to, like, discuss it to some degree? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is funny because I, I remember I went up to one table and, like, I picked up a zine and I was kind of flipping through it. And the artist was, like, describing to me all, like, the process of, making the zine and like what he did and it was really interesting because he was like I did like these are all collaged together so like the the writing was like typeface yeah um and like so he was explaining the process and it was really interesting but I remember like thinking like okay maybe you shouldn't have like jumped into that conversation because I didn't ask about it um I don't know I feel like there's this weird like what is what do you think is the protocol at like a zine fest or even like an event like an art show or like an art i don't fucking know i feel like well for me like what i'll always do is like acknowledge at least acknowledge their existence like be like hi and then like start looking because a lot of the times like people like because like a lot of the times like even like the vendors are just like i don't want to fucking talk to you just buy my shit like so I'm always like, at least I'm going to acknowledge you, give you an opening, so if you want to talk to me, it's yeah. there. Yeah. But if you're doing other shit, like if you're wanting to help other customers, or if you're wanting to like, you know, I don't know, like take inventory or whatever, like, you don't have to talk to me. I mean, I know 
Because we were making buttons for portions of it, right? Yeah. So we had, like, we bought a button maker, um, something that we had done for Mosaic mm-hmm. before um, tabling for Mosaic events, and we were like, you know what? We're going to buy a button maker because we want to make buttons for people. Yeah. Um, so we had, like, this, like, make-your-own-button portion. Um, and I think part of, like, the reason why maybe people weren't talking to me as much is, like, I was making buttons the whole time. Yeah. But that was mostly to kill time and because nobody was coming up to our table, really. Yeah. And so I was like, well, if nobody's going to acknowledge me and, like, I don't want to just sit here with my hands in my lap, you know? Like, <laughs> I want to actually do something. Yeah. Uh, but I can understand, like, if I was going up to a table and I saw somebody, like, sketching or, like, what. But, like, a lot of the artists I, like, talked to, like, even just making high- eye contact and saying hi, like, it, like, did a lot. Like, they, you could tell they were super happy that you were, like, taking the time to look at their yeah. art, you know? Um, no, like, I love making conversation. And the thing is, like, for me, sometimes, like, I don't, I just come to your table, like, with the intention of not buying anything. And, like, because you're so nice to me and you've talked to me and you've, like, some people even explain, like, what their art is about. Like, if I can hold a conversation with you, like, for a good period of time, most likely I will buy your shit. Even if I don't really dig it, like, I'll still buy something from you because at least you were able to strike up a conversation with me and I could see how much, how much your art or your work means to Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. I think, too, like, I, I've gone to, like, a couple comic book conventions you know and it's similar in terms like they have they always have an artist alley at yeah. uh, comic book conventions where um it's mostly like indie people who are trying to like do art and like they'll they'll draw like um versions of comic book characters right mm-hmm. um sometimes it's like more famous artists a lot of times it's a lot of, like people who are like in between you yeah. know like they're trying to get their name out there um, and that's the way that they do it. So, like, having that experience, I know that, like, if I'm, like, from walking up and down those artist alleys, like, the, 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 sure, the most surefire way for me to make a purchase is, like, if you talk to me and I dig your art. So, yeah. like, if I stop and then you for sure, like, like, and that's one of the things I did when I was walking around when you were manning the table. Yeah. Um, was just, like, if people had stopped and had conversations with me, like, more likely than not... I bought their art. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and also, it's really cool because, like, um, I know I was talking to one person about, like, like um, color theory. You know? Like, I don't really know much about art, but it was really interesting and intriguing to have a conversation with somebody who was an artist who was just starting out and being like, dude, I really like what you did with the colors here. And then her being like, yeah, like, I was kind of messing with, like, this, this, and this. And... Um, it's just really, it's like a way to engage with other artists. And I guess it's kind of, we have a different perspective as people who are trying to also put their art out there than like a layman who's just coming to like look at cool shit. Yeah. No, and I could definitely get that because, you know, my boyfriend and my friend were there. And like, well, my boyfriend, like, because he's been dating me for quite a while now, he understands like how hard it is and like how hard I fucking work. And like, how much I write and how much I, like, struggle to put my shit out there. But my other friend, like, he was just like, I'm, if it looks cool, I'm just gonna buy it. Like, I don't really care about, like, people's missions or whatever. Like, when it came to zines, he was just like, oh, like. I know, yeah. Because summary. (laughs) Yeah, so that was really interesting was, like, the difference between people who were 
trying to like sell zines that were more art based or like more art based stuff and then people who were trying to sell zines that were more text based or yeah. story based you know I definitely feel like visual like artists have more in an, of an advantage because that's what people are drawn to because it's just like a lot of the times with the zine unless you're like one of those rude ass bitches that reads like the whole fucking thing like and not buy it like um it's like you're if you see it and you like it already you know you're gonna like it but it's just like sometimes if you don't read the entire zine um it's a bit of a gamble yeah i i think too that's part of the reason why for my specific zine that i was trying to solve it was a mixture of art and text Mm -hmm. um and part of the reason why I did that is because I know when I pick up a zine, if it's just all text, I probably won't buy it. Um, yeah. Unless, like, I'm super about that person's work for some reason. Yeah. Um, That's what I tried to do with um, some of my zines. It's, like, even though, like, some of them were, like, all text-based, I, like, still added a couple of pictures here mm-hmm. and there to make it look interesting or at least keep the reader like engaged because it's just like it's really a shitty concept to think about it but it's like most people won't buy your shit (laughs) if it doesn't have pictures it's true it's like it's kind of it's kind of funny you kind of have to go back to like elementary school yeah in that sense and like okay and it's really funny because the way that at least the way that i made my zine is like very similar to like how like if you were in grade school (laughs) you would make like a grade school booklet yeah. Um, and I only say that because I worked as a tutor for kids in elementary school and you had to make those like little like C-spot run books and yeah. that's exactly what it is. Um, no, I think definitely text-based has a little bit more of a learning curve and a little bit, it's a, it's a little bit harder to kind of peddle things. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, so did you happen to like buy anybody's zines who were more text-based? Uh, no, not for this one, just because I was trying to save my money because I had sunk so much money into, you know, printing costs and, you know, the cost of, like, just even getting your spot, Mm. which wasn't ridiculous, but at the same time, it's just, like, all of that stuff still caused a dent. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, yeah, it was just, um, sorry, (laughs) I hit a brain fart. But for the most part, I just bought, you know, small things like mini zines or buttons because it's just like, I still want to support these artists, but I don't have like my cash flow is really thin right now because of like the amount of money that we sunk into Zine Fest. Because I feel like I spent like probably like 100 to $150 on like shit alone. In total? Yeah. Probably somewhere. I know. I know. I said that I wasn't gonna spend more than forty dollars <laughs> at Zine Fest, but then when I like made my rounds, there were so many people who, again, like that had really engaging conversations or just really dug their art or their their writing or whatever, um, or even just what they were trying to do. I know there was a couple people there that were like tabling for like things that like um, were more social activism or just like trying to get their names out there and stuff like that. And so those were kind of the people that I, I gravitated towards. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just, like, remember, like, and the other thing is, is, like, I was telling all of the people when I was going around, you know, like, oh, I'll be back. Like, I'm just trying to, like, see what I want to, yeah. you know, purchase. And, and, and I was like, and, and I remember I said, like, okay, 
like the people who I knew for sure I was going to buy something from, I was like, okay, for sure I'm going to be back. And then when I came back, they were like, always like, oh, thanks, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think yeah. that's it. But I feel like they all kind of understand. Like, we're all yeah. like, we're going to make the rounds because, you know, you can't buy everything. You can't. <laughs> and, like, I'm also one of those people who, if I see something and I like it immediately, I'm like, oh, I want to buy it. And then, like, I have to teach myself, like, wait, because there yeah. might be something else that you like better. Um, but I don't think that really happened at Zine Fest. I think I, I kind of was more, the stuff that I really dug, I, I bought and I, I made sure. And what's really cool, too, is, like, I definitely wanted to use it as more of, like, a networking platform to find yeah. people to even possibly, like, interview or just, like, work with on projects and kind of see, like, what they're trying to do. Because there's yeah. a lot of interesting people. No, I definitely met, like, a lot of cool people um, because of that. We can shout them out at, like, the end. I was going to say, like, we can, we can even, now. like, I was, like, um, even just, like, the people that we were tabling beside, so, like... Um, Jessica Campos, who is a, a, a visual artist. Yeah. Um, Kevin from Hate Pasted. Um, yeah. Zine. He was really cool. They were all like really like it was our first time doing an event like yeah. this, um, specifically for the podcast. Um, and so it was just really nice to kind of have people who had been there before. Yeah. Like Kevin. Um, it was really funny because Jessica's grandma was there, and she was so yeah. sweet. Like, she was, like, the sweetest, like, what you would want your grandma to be like at a zine fest. Yeah. Um, she um, bought one of our, yeah, like, mini zines. Yeah, she was the first, our first supporter, first customer. But it was, it was really cool um, having people, like, I feel like our whole row is pretty good because, um, what's his name? Um, he goes by DJ Ashtray on, um, the, uh, on Instagram, but they were part of Orange Mercury. Like, they, they were the only one that bought more than one of our products. He bought your chat book, and he bought my chat book. I don't know why I said chat book. It's zines. He bought Same both shit. Zines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, and he was really interesting to talk to because he was talking about zines as more of, like, not a permanent form of art. Right? Yeah. Like, this is something that's just to be, to be made for, like, right now. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because he was just very more interested in the process of creating mm-hmm. and, like, showcasing those things. Almost like art installations. Yeah. Um, like, hey, like, this artist came and, like, did this, like, little version of a zine for us. And, like, they did this little manifesto and all this stuff. And I was like, that's so dope. And he's like, yeah, like. Obviously, this is not going to stick around forever, but yeah, it doesn't mean it's not worth, like, seeing. And, like, there's something, I don't know, there's something about being more focused on the process of, like, helping people create the things that they want to make as opposed to just looking for the end product. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, definitely creating a zine is, like, the funnest part of the whole process. Right? Okay, so do you want to talk about kind of, like, making the zines for Zine Fest? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've been getting into zines for a while, so I kind of had um, the first one that I did, like, was a collaboration, like, Very Important Dogs. Um, that one was, like, probably the hardest one to make uh, just because it was my first time using, like, the graphic okay. editing program that I use. And also, like, it's, you know, with my work, is mostly uh, 
tax-free. So it's just like, it's pretty easy to format shit. Like maybe throw in a few pictures here and there. But other than that, it's just, you know, making sure that, you know, your content is good rather than how it looks. But like with Very Important Dogs, it was it was mostly art and photos that was submitted. So it's like, it, it took a while for me to conceptualize like where I wanted what to go and how I thought like, how I wanted to, like the zine to flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty like tough, like figuring out. But like once I started getting into the zone, like I finished like the first proof of that zine in like two days because like I had so much fun like making it and like putting everything everywhere and like cropping and like yeah. text like putting text and like formatting it. Like it's just it's really fun and also it's like I don't know, it's kinda like therapeutic because it's like you get into the zone and you're just like clicking at things and like moving them and dragging them. I think that was making the zine was like the first time that I kind of lost myself in the creative process in a really long time. Um, just because like I like I said, I've I've kind of been going like through this place where like I'm really depressed and I don't really know how to do my art anymore without like overthinking it. Like me and Kelly had been talking about this before we recorded. And so that was one of the reasons why, like, I was kind of excited about ZineFest because I was like, okay, I know I have to make something for ZineFest. It gives me motivation to, like, actually produce something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, like, the process itself of just kind of, like, because what my zine specifically was was different from Very Important Dogs. Yeah. Um, was just, like, a bunch of work that I had done, mostly, like, journaling and, like, I don't want to say sketches, like, ink sketches of, like, like just really like fucked up shit from my depression <laughs> over the past like year and a half yeah um and like kind of being able to, to make that into art was actually really therapeutic in a way and to be able to like I don't know it was like I'd like was back in high school journalism as like the news editor again mm-hmm. you know what I mean and I'm like playing around on InDesign and I'm like oh I get to like redo all this stuff and like I don't know Shout out to Mr. Moser for teaching me how to use InDesign <laughs> and um, being, like, the awesomest journalism teacher. I still use those skills. <laughs> um, but, no, it was really cool to kind of, like you said, like, kind of just get lost in the process of making something. Yeah. Um, and it's also a lot different than just writing something, right? Yeah. Because, like, it's not like, a lot of times it's not like when you publish something that's your your words you have any creative license about like how it looks yeah right like it's not like you that basically goes to the designer or the editor yeah whatever publication you're putting it in so to have the creative license to like play around with fonts Mm -hmm. or play around with like the way that words are set up on a page um it's really freeing in a lot of ways it is it is i think one thing that i really like about you being in control of the entire zine for the most, like, for the most part, like, if you're doing stuff with contributors, obviously, like, you can't really fully control the content, but I like the idea that even though they're separate pieces of work, you can still build a story, because that's what I also did with my second chapbook, which was just, like, my pictures and my, like, and my uh, poems, but at the same time, it's just, like, even though, like, they were slightly different like I was still able to find a common theme in them which was like the idea of like 
monsters and you know how how things like how things that are usually not scary can manifest and you know become nightmares um so it was nice like going through my work like my past work and trying to find like which themes like connected with that which i think is really important if you're a writer and you're trying to market yourself to know what themes reoccur in your writing right yeah. so like especially like if you're applying for like fellowships or like programs like that like to know where you kind of lie and the things that you're really interested in writing about mm-hmm. from the perspective of like oh okay I can go back and I actually say that these four things are about that right yeah because a lot of times like when you're writing you don't necessarily see the themes in your work right away mm-hmm. right like you're just kind of trying to tell the story um at least that's how I was taught to write <laughs> in our program was like if you're trying to write theme you're probably yeah. not going to write a good story. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah. Um, so I think that's also interesting, like, because, like, if you were doing a collection of short stories that was going to get published, right? Yeah. You would probably pick and choose based on themes. Yeah, Even though exactly. those stories themselves would vary probably yeah. all over the place. Exactly. And it's just, like, even now, like, talking to, like, some of my professors, one of the things that they taught us in undergrad, it's, like, it's very hard nowadays to get short stories published like in a collection if they don't have like you know like a reoccurring theme or if they're not what they call novel in story so it's like if they don't have like similar plot threads or they they have like the similar reoccurring characters okay so i mean we kind of talked about what our experiences were from behind the table Mm -hmm. What do you want to talk about in terms of, like, the people who were there? At Pomona's Yeah. Um, well, I just want to give a shout-out to all of them because now that I've been on the other side of the table, I kind of understand, like, how exhausting it is just to sit in one place. And also, like, it's a little bit emotionally taxing to, like, feel like you are your work is being judged and if you don't buy if they don't buy it it's like it's like what did i do wrong like why don't you love my work no so like <laughs> and this is something that i know you brought up in your article was like people who will like read through your whole zine and then be like i'm not gonna buy that yeah it's i'm like, just oh, like fuck. this isn't the fucking magazine aisle at the grocery <laughs> store like you can't just read all of the fucking rolling stones glamour cosmos that you want and then just leave like even my dad brought it up he was just like you know even at the grocery store they have a sign this is no reading and i was like but that's like really rude and like presumptuous to do at a zine fest especially like be like hey don't read my zine well because you want them to look through your zines yeah yeah like what the one thing that like bugged me there are two people there's one woman who went through my whole zine and like i smiled at her like are you gonna buy it and she just walked away. Like, she didn't even acknowledge me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm sad now. But then there was another guy who he did read through most of it, but then afterward complimented me on it. And he was like, this is really, like, like, don't get me wrong, this is, like, fucked up shit, but, like, it's really good. And I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. I know you didn't spend money on it, but, yeah. like, at least getting your feedback, I hear something. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Which is, like, I'd, I'd rather almost get feedback from somebody than have them pay 
Okay, that's a lie. I'd rather have them pay for the money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Like, money's good. But, I mean, like, <laughs> I'd rather get feedback than nothing at all. So, like, if you're going to sit there and, like, peruse through my shit, at least be like, I dig your artwork. Or, like, yeah, I like that line. You know what I mean? Or, like, that's an interesting title. I don't know. I feel like it was kind of interesting um, experience to kind of compare, like, ourselves to, like, the middle or the people next to us like Kate Case and mm-hmm. uh, Jessica Campos because it was interesting because like even though we mentioned like that like visual art gets more attention like they still struggled like they still like did the, about the same as us like not a lot of people came to buy their work and like those that did were like their friends because it's just like I don't know it's funny because your friend made a comment about that, and he was like, "It's like an internalized economy." Yeah, and I was like, "I was like, is that a diss? Are you like dissing us, or are you like just making a comment?" Because <laughs> the way he said it was just like they're all paying for other people, like the people that are here stuff, and it's true. Most of the people, well, no, because we traded a lot of zines yeah. too. Yeah, like the and and I think that's also a way of networking and building communities. Yeah. Like, hey, if I like your art, I'm gonna take it. You know? Yeah. And you can have my art. And yeah. It's even there. Exactly. No, like, I met a lot of people, and I, like, I think my biggest thing was, like, yeah, it would have been nice to make, like, at least, like, break even. Um, but at the same time, it's just, like, at least I got, like, my word out to, like, some people. At least, like, you know, five or ten people have, like, our information. Like, they know where to find us. Like, all that shit. And some people did find me, like, after, like, the Zine Fest. Like, they followed me on Instagram, and I was like, who's that? And then I clicked on them, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, there was one dude who was, like, I, I, like, had this really awkward conversation with, like, a group of, like, uh, artists who were uh, at Art Center. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hey, you know, like, do you guys, like, because I was asking a lot of people for business cards, just, like, if I dug their art, I was like, well, maybe we can interview them. And, like... I remember I was like, yeah, like, we run a podcast, we're trying to, like, shout out, like, SGB artists or whatever, Yeah. and they're like, oh, what's your podcast? And I was like, oh, fuck, I wasn't expecting this question, Yeah. and um, so that was funny. So, like, a lot of them, like, anybody who I mentioned it to, for the most part, like, was either like, oh, that's interesting, or they followed us on Instagram, which was yeah, really dope. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I, I went around and I tried to follow, like, all the people who I was, at least on my personal account. Yeah. Um. I'm really bad. I really need to change my my personal Instagram over to like more of like a businessy Instagram. I don't know. Yeah. No. That's what I did with mine is that I have a personal Instagram and I have a private or yeah, I have a private one and then I have one like just for art and shouting out people for the most part. See, like my problem is like previous to like two years ago, nobody that, like, basically, none of my titis or tios had Instagram. Mm-hmm. And now, like, they all decided that they like pictures a lot. So they all got Instagram. And, yeah. like, my dad follows me on Instagram now. And, like, I just don't want to put certain shit in their face. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, the, like not that, like, I am who I am. They love me. I know they love me. But at the same time, like, I know I have viewpoints that they don't necessarily agree with. Or yeah. that would cause drama in our family because everybody likes, you know, cheese man and all that shit. Yeah. So, like, I kind of, I self-censor in a way. So, like, for me, I kind of want to, like, create a space for myself to just yeah. be able to create what the kids follow. call a princess. 
secret Instagram. That's so ridiculous, though. Exactly. No, I mean, I feel like that's a episode in itself, like the dichotomy where it's just like some shit, even on Instagram, like even if you have a private Instagram, it's just like you, you'll, because like for me, it's like, I feel like I'm literally being torn into where it's like, I'll follow, like some people will follow me on like my writing page and then some people will follow me on my private page and then like some people follow both and it's like the content that I post on both is like really different. And, like, sometimes, like, I feel, like, embarrassed when, like, someone that follows, like, my private one, like, follows, like... You're right. My writing Okay, one. so that's part of the reason why I'm, like, oh, no. Like, I feel... I almost want to create one just for my family and, like, close friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, like, that is just centered around pictures of my family and my close friends. Yeah. And then have another one where, like, I can just do, you know, stuff that is, like, a little bit more professional, yeah. a little bit more about my writing... A little bit more about like social activism things that I'm about. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's just it, that it, it's hard like being an artist and not and and being Latina and saying fuck you to your parents. Kind yeah. Of. Um, oh, dude! Like my parents haven't even read like any of my shit. Yeah. No. Like especially since most of them like I feel like they wouldn't be happy because it's like it's about like either absent fathers or like abusive mothers. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They'll be like, it was this about us? And I was like, yeah. I'll be like, yeah. As you know, like, I'm a 13-year-old boy named <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. No, but I I think it was really cool to meet so many people, just to bring it back. Yeah. That. Our side time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That, you know, because, I mean, like, even putting ourselves out there, like, in person is like it was like really crazy because I'm just like people can like recognize us if they listen to us like or people will finally see like our faces like even though we started posting shit like on our Instagram where we show our faces but like we've never done that before like and if you don't follow us on Instagram you'll never know how we look like so it's just like it's wild not to mention the fact that like me and Kelly are low-key awkward bitches and yeah it's kind of off like I try, I I know I can, like, play the extrovert when I want to, but, like, it's just so hard sometimes. (laughs) I know. No, but I really, like, so some of the artists that I was, like, super, um, like, trying to have, like, more conversations with, obviously we talked to, we mentioned Jessica and Kevin, um, who were really awesome, Mm -hmm. um, but, oh, ah. Maria Teresa Carnier um, was one of the people who was there, and she had um, a couple of zines for sale and a lot of art. Um, yeah. Her, I bought her zine, Decolonizing Parenting, which is specifically for um, queer parents of color. Um, and I just, like, I had a conversation with her kind of about what she was doing, um, but what was really awesome is just kind of, like, being able to discuss like artists backgrounds and kind of where they got to where they got to um because there was like a lot more there's like that's one thing I can say about zine fest is the age diversity was really broad yeah and I appreciate that because like as much fun as it is to be around people who are the same age as you having people who are established in a zine community or established as like artists who are working artists you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. they 
they might have a day job or they might do art on the side or whatever. Yeah. Um, just kind of seeing that they're still doing shit that they love. Yeah. Um, is really inspiring. So being able to talk to her and like hear her story about, you know, coming back to art and um, why she does a lot of the things she does as an Afro Latina, um, somebody who doesn't see as much exposure as even white Latinas or as white people on whole yeah um was really cool um and i mean one of the other artists that like me and kelly were about was um god what's her name boy tears llc yeah she did a um zine called stay out stay out of la fake bitches and it's i love because (laughs) it's just like mood yeah like it's just it's basically anybody who comes from the midwest to LA to make, um, to gentrify areas. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, if you're from LA, if you're an LA native, you will have seen <laughs> these people before. Yeah. Um, but she w- I have like a really cool conversation with her just about LA and like, um, just about kind of the people who are getting pushed out, what it's really like as an LA native, um, versus somebody who just moved here. Yeah, for, I mean, it's the funny thing is, is a lot of people are moving here for the tech industry, or you know stuff like yeah. that. I mean, even as like non, technically not LA people, like I mean, gentrification is still like it hurts my soul because it's just like even if you're not from LA, like if you're from the SGD or you're from the Southern California area, grand, chances are that you have a relative that does live in LA and if you are at least like color, the city proper is yeah the city proper and if you've had like like and if you're a person of color most likely like you know they live in East LA South Central you know Torrance Inglewood Compton and it's just like Island Park yeah Boyle Heights like oh and like I lived the- in Boyle, Boyle Heights for a while I mean I've lived in South Central for a while yeah like, me too. um you know and those are the kind of places where like community especially amongst people of color is how those people survive yeah and so to have people come in and this was the conversation that i had with boy tears was um you know i don't have a problem with people coming and establishing themselves in a community i have a problem when they don't actively try to be a part of that community yeah um and that's i think a lot of the problems with gentrification is that not only are you displacing people you're also not even trying to, because fuck the culture in LA is awesome. Like yeah. that's part of the reason why people move here is specifically because of the culture in the yeah. right? But like to not like go to the local grocery store and instead be like fuck that I want a Whole Foods in my area. That's the shit that bugs me, right? Yeah. Like or the fact that it's just like oh like these like neighbors are like in front of like their houses like they're on the sidewalk. I'm gonna call the cops on them because. I'm I'm scared for my livelihood. Yeah, what is it that uh shoot like gentrifencers, people who like just stay behind their fence lines and like yeah. don't have and you know, like I don't know. It's just one of those things we were talking specifically we were talking about like um there was like a market that had closed down um in an area that she had lived in and so we were talking about like she was like, I don't even eat meat, but the guy that ran the fucking deli would say hi to me every time I went in. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's how community-based this place was she was like i'm a vegetarian and they went out of their way to be nice to me anyways yeah because 
we live in the same area because they see me all the time because we're neighbors. Yeah. Um, and the problem with gentrification is it really kind of says your community isn't good enough for my tastes or for my standards and therefore I'm not going to engage with it. Um, yeah. Which is part of the problems of like art washing. Yeah. Um, or even worse, I'm going to uproot your... your I'm going to put a condo where, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I know you had mentioned that like that shit is felt in San Gabriel Valley too, which is because housing prices are going up in LA. Yeah. They're also going up in the surrounding areas of Los Angeles. Yeah. No, like, um, back when, like, no one really gave a shit in our town, like, on our side of West Hill, like, by La Puente, um, they nearly destroyed, like, the biggest park in that area because they wanted to build condos. They're like, fuck this park. Like, why is anyone even going here? But, like, we fought back. And, like, that park not only did it get saved, like, they did an expansion on it. But I really like the fact that, like, People are putting, like, real anxieties and real thoughts that are happening in today's world into the zine format. Like, I like the fact that, you know, it's, zines are inherently political because it's like, most of them are publishing shit that is too, not quote-unquote, not enough mainstream, like, to get properly published, either if it's, like, because, like, you know, traditional publishers are just like, oh, your work is not a, a caliber that we need, or it's just like, oh, or your shit is, like, too out there. Yeah. So it's just like, I feel like zines exist pretty much for this very reason, because it's just like, you're not getting published, like, and some people don't even want to be published. And like, they just some people, make their it's own for shit. the Yeah. Like, like, specifically, um, Maria's zine was on decolonizing parenting, and, like, yeah. I'm not a parent, but I bought it because my brother recently had a kid, and, like, I love my nephew, and I live with my brother, so I want to be able to have some effect on, you know, hey, obviously, like, I'm not his parent, I can't rear him completely, but, like, yeah. there's some things that I can do to kind of break down, like, barriers of shit that I don't think is necessarily good for kids, like, not, yeah. like, gender norms, <laughs> or, you know... And that, and specifically why I love that zine is because a lot of it is personal accounts of, you know, um, being a person of color and being raised maybe the wrong way. And how do you kind of navigate that as a parent now? Yeah. Um, it was really eye-opening, even for somebody who doesn't have kids, you know? Um, but I can tell you, like, that zine probably wasn't made except for the people who would be interested in that. Yeah, AKA exactly. queer parents of color. Or other people who were trying to instill in their kids the ideas that there's different ways to be, you yeah. know, and that's not bad. Um, and, like, sometimes it's just, like, the hardest truth about, like, publishing is just, like, it, in the end, it just comes down to money. Like If it's marketable. Yeah, exactly. If they don't think, like, it's going to have a market or the market is really small, like, they're not even going to bother. I wanted to shout out um, Marie Bacavia. Yeah. She's really cool. She has a zine that says what to say when you don't know what to say. When, uh, colon, an informal guide on how to support friends who are survivors of violence. And I feel like that's a really helpful thing. Not only that, but I walked by her table mm-hmm. and all of the money that she made was going to um, 
charities. I don't. I I want to say specifically to the reunite your family charities, mm. um, or reunite family charities. But I don't know for a fact. I know there's a couple of charities, and she said that all of the proceeds um, from selling. I don't know if it was specific zines or all of the zines were gonna go. Yeah. Um, to those, which I thought is fucking awesome because. Not only are you making something that you're not profiting from, you're making sure that the people who you're writing about are profiting from it, right? Yeah. Or are getting help in whatever way. Um, so as somebody who tries to, you know, back social activists who fucking put in that work, that meant a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone, she was the one that I saw that did, like, the most serious work. Because I did follow a couple other people on most of their stuff was just, like, um, really funny shit or really lighthearted shit, which I feel like is just as important because sometimes we need a break from all the bullshit that happens in the world. And not only that, but like some of the humor and like the stuff could be considered universal, but could also be considered like specific for certain communities, right? Yeah. Like, um, like I know, oh god, what was their name? I bought a pin that said summertime sad mess, and I was <laughs> like, fuck yeah, like. Obviously, I don't think everybody is going to know, like, that reference or whatever, you know, but I liked it because it was fucking funny. Yeah. And, like, um... No, someone that I really dug uh, was... This Goth Bitch. Oh, shit. Uh, I like that. I loved This Goth Bitch. They had... I don't know their pronouns, so I'm not going to assume, but they... I'm just going to say, um, they had on a kick-ass necklace, and... I was about it. Yeah. No, I really dug, um, I want to say it's Nicuela Davis. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. Um, but I really liked, um, they had a whole series that was called Cool Dog. And it was just basically a dog, you know, like, like ripped out from a fucking 90s movie, but like skateboarding and doing all that shit, but also like taking drugs and. <laughs> Doing all this wacky-ass shit that I really dug. Because we love dogs. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, most of the things that I bought that day were dog-related. Dog-related. Like, I bought a zine, or I traded a zine um, with Kevin from Hey Pace, because I thought it was really fucking funny. It's like a two-page zine about, like, a dog that has so much anxiety about her, his owner, their owner yeah. going away that the dog just fucking tries to hang itself. Like, yeah, that was, like... Relatable. <laughs> also, like, the other thing that I, I was super about is that some of, like, the production quality that these people have for their work, like, they put in so much effort. Yeah. Um, like, I bought, um, like, a little guide book um, by the artist um, Ashawn Wynn. Mm-hmm. And I want to call it, I want to say it's Onimushi. But it's like, um, it's basically a book. It's like a booklet that they self-published. And um, it's really fucking awesome. It's about, um, it's drawings and then like these little, um, like inserts about the creatures of the underworld, specifically like, um, like ghosts and stuff like that. And I think they're mostly Japanese in like origin. But, like, the art was really cool, and I was really struck by it specifically because it looks like a children's book. Like, it looks like like it's the same kind yeah. of format of a booklet. Um, 
And there are a couple people who had cool shit like that where I was just like, damn, like, you're really taking this seriously. Like, I, I, like, appreciate not only your dedication to your art form, but also the fact that you're willing to try new things like this. There's another artist, um, Joshua Molina, um, which is one of the guys from Art Center that I talked to. Um, and he was showing me, like, this um, zine that he had made that was completely letterpress. So, and he was explaining to me the process of, like, um, doing that, like, and how the typeset was and, like, yeah, and, you know, what it was like to actually make some, and they're like, I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome because you don't necessarily think of the zine itself as a piece of art, right? Yeah. Like, the actual physical copy of it, right? Like, you think of the pages being filled. Yeah. But, like, to think of... of pulling out even more hand and, like, looking at the way that you produce it is really dope. Especially considering I was, like, like I said, basic bitch as fuck and, like, did it like a preschooler. (laughs) (laughs) Like, these people were, like, I was, like, oh, fuck, like, I appreciate you for putting this much work and effort into your art and I want to support it, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think it's just, like, I don't know. It's, like, sometimes people just can't spend that much money on creating their art, which, and they find their own ways to, like, do it, like, one-page zines, or, you know, cut and paste, and I really appreciate that, um, and I really appreciate, honestly, I appreciate art on any level, because it's just, like, even if it's, like, a one-page zine that, you know, is cut and paste, or if it's, like, something, like, that's basically a book, you know, with glossy pages, I mean, I feel like they're both still valuable, and, I feel like both of them are equally weighed in the zine community, and I I really appreciate what Jessica did for, um, you know, this community, and I really do want to apply um, in October because I know she wants to do one in October, especially since she's looking specifically in places in the SGV area to do it at, where I'm like, sweet, like, Pomona was close, but it would be cool to do it even closer. I mean, I love Pomona. I mean, like, me and Kelly had talked about that before, like, we love Pomona, so that yeah. was dope. like, just being able to go in here. I wish I didn't have other shit to do, because then I would have hung out in Pomona <laughs> afterward, because um, there's, like, bomb-ass restaurants and, like, bars, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do, like... To give people an avenue to show off their art is really awesome. And like I said, like, creating that sense of community amongst artists is really important because creating your art can be kind of a lonely experience, you know? Like, because yeah. you all are all by yourself. And and then to put that out there is kind of really insecure. Like, it brings up a lot of insecurities yeah. um, as an artist. So to kind of be able to do it in a space where you have other artists that are there... And they're also very willing to support you because they know how hard it is to produce you yeah. know, um, art. I, I appreciate that. Like yeah. I said, I appreciate the whole experience of being there. Yeah. And I'll, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but like I say all the fucking time, like I feel like the most important thing for an artist, you know, besides creating their work is community because it's just like if we all collectively support each other, um, then we'll all benefit from it. Which is why, like, 
when it comes to like MFA programs or even like art spaces that you know are very competitive or have like that very competitive nature like I won't even engage with them because I'm like dude like yeah you can tear me down and like try to shit on my work and make me feel inferior but like at the end of the day like who's winning like all you have is like a slightly inflated ego that will probably burst when someone quote-unquote better comes along right and so like there's these barriers to entry which is another thing I had a conversation with Maria about was like there's so many barriers to entry to become an artist to begin with Um, and most of the most famous artists now are established because they had money beforehand to make them be established in the art scene yeah um which is cool you know whatever do you but it is a lot harder for people who don't have those kind of like the back the quote-unquote background that people want um to make it you know and stuff like zine fests or art fests or community art shows i think are really important for those people who because like i know there was a couple people who i met at la pages and like i bought their art at la pages and now they're getting gallery shows you know what i mean like oh fuck that's awesome no um someone that i really liked and like really bonded with like uh her name is chinwe okona but anyways she did the thing that I really dug about her zines is that she basically went to a newspaper printer and that's what really stood out to me. So I had a conversation with her. But now like that that magazine Palms is like in shops in like San Francisco, New York and like even Tokyo, like because she's networked so much at these events and like because like the Palms has gone out and like spread, it's just like she's now like like getting recognition yeah getting recognition like being invited to shit so i think that's really cool and that's why i kind of want to keep doing zine fest and now that i feel like we have like basically the startup like we've done like we put in the startup like costs i feel like it'll be easier from now on to like actually be able to do shit for sure well do you have any last thoughts um, yeah, um, I wanted to ask you, what are some things that if you were invited to another Zine Fest you'd do differently, or what are some things that you think you you want to change or, like, improve upon? I definitely think, not to say, like, I, I feel like I did kind of, like, slapdash things together mm-hmm. in terms of the zine that I produced for Zine Fest, um, at least, the, like, my personal one. I super liked our mini scene. Our mini scene, yeah. I think, was my favorite, but that's just because yeah. it was more goofy shit. Um, <laughs> but I I love it so much. Like, I guess especially your Pokédex entry. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah, I just like I love it so much. But um, I think kind of just focusing on the production aspect. Like I said, like I was really struck by how many people like really took the the format of making a zine seriously. You know what I mean? And not to say that I didn't, because it was my first zine, so I had never done it before, right? So, yeah. like, there's going to be learning curves. But I think kind of being able to look at more people's zines and um, to see who what was being bought, too, like, yeah. by other people. Um, like, who 
who is making more sales as opposed to like who wasn't even getting any traffic at their table yeah you know um i think that was important i think maybe having more space at our table would have been smart just because we were also doing the button making yeah um and i think things got a little cluttered although we loved sharing space with kevin yeah because he was so awesome and so helpful yeah he gave us like um zine stands to borrow for the day so that was awesome. which was hella useful because we felt like our setup was looking a little ghetto <laughs> because we would just like put stacks on the yeah on the table of our zines and then we we're like trying to string it up we're like let's try to make them look pretty, pretty. fan them out i mean i think it would have still looked pretty yeah, yeah it but, but but he like definitely that. like helped us step our game up he was like this is your first zine fast here you guys go <laughs> I got you. Um, I think that um, networking more. I think I was a little bit nervous going into it because I didn't feel like I was as established as the other artists who were there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think kind of being a little bit more confident and like just being able to converse about making zines or even just art and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe being a little bit, like, more mindful of our setup. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we did necessarily, like, a lot wrong. I think there's just more stuff, like, we can do, improve on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's exactly. stuff that was, like, okay, the baseline's good here. How do we, like, make this better? How do we, like, make it so that we get more foot traffic? How do we make it so that we engage with more people who are coming by? How do we make it so that we get more sales? Yeah, exactly. Um, without changing the things that we're making. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, what factors can we kind of improve upon there? Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I feel like just getting the word out ahead of time because I feel like with a lot of people, the majority of their customers are people that already know like what they're about and like either like knew they were going to be at the event or yeah. they were just like, oh, I've heard about you or shit like that. So I feel like maybe like maybe spreading the word out more which i think like this is what zine fest was about like for the most part like um like networking networking and getting the word out yeah was pretty much like what i wanted to do i I think my main priority was like just making sure that like my work is out there in the world i like to think that it's just like from where and like i don't know because it's just like hopefully people will pass it on or if they like it they'll want more from it in the future you know um and i don't know i think maybe like as we mentioned before people are more drawn to visual stuff so maybe making it like making like like covers or something like more eye-catching because like i feel like people were drawn to yours because you they were like whoa I get well, like, cause I have weird shit. Like, I just like exactly. Like, it's so funny. My friend weird is good though. No, I. I mean, I'm fucking weird as fuck. Like, I don't <laughs> even try to like play it anymore. Like, definitely, I feel like in high school and in, even through like, I would say a good majority of college. Like, I was trying to like downplay how weird I was. And at this point in my life, I'm just like, fuck it. I like weird shit. Like, and and it doesn't help that like, the cover of my zine was like a self-portrait that I did when I was, like, tripping on acid, so, like, it just looks really fucking weird. Um, you know what it reminds me of? Um, that Francisco Goya painting, uh, Saturn Devours His Children. 
I'm sorry. No, like, that's, that's dope. Like, I, it's, well, I was on acid. I was on fucking drugs. Like, <laughs> sorry, people who don't condone drug use, but... I, like, I do, that's something that I, I did when I was trying to make art a lot, was, like, doing different drugs <laughs> and then doing self-portraits to see how they come out, mm. um, so which was one of the reasons why I had done that one, but even just the emotional quality of my mind, I think you can yeah. see in that picture, but I don't think anybody knows it's a self-portrait until I, like, mentioned it right now, Yeah. but... Um, I appreciate that because, like, to be even compared to somebody as famous and mm-hmm. awesome as Francisco Goya is, like, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Whether I meant to do that or not, thank you. Yeah. That's, like, you know. Which I think is the other thing I kind of wanted to touch upon and that we've kind of been talking about the whole podcast. It's, like, art really is a form of connection. Mm-hmm. It's a form of of being able to say things or you know, show things that maybe you yourself can't speak about or whatever, you know, and and to have somebody else be like, no, 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 I get that, you know what I mean? Or even if they don't, to to be able to connect with that piece of art in a way that's personal to them, you know? Um, I think that's part of the reason, I think that's a big part of the reason why most people make art, I know that's a big part of the reason why I make art, is to not only further understand myself, but to say like hey like if you if you dig this if this is something that you feel like if you engage with this that's awesome like oh yeah. my god like cool because no. it it creates a sense of like we've been saying a sense of community and a sense of connection and all of those things are really important because yeah. artists are sensitive people <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly no i think like some of the biggest compliments like of my like writing is just like you know i felt this way because of your work Cause it's like it's easy to be like, oh, I like your writing. I'm just like, thank. You. Like it's still a big compliment, but like when you're like, oh, like I really resonated with this, or like you, you made me feel like really sad for this character, or some shit like that. Loki writers just want to manipulate you into feeling things. <laughs> no, I mean, to some degree, that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. You're trying to make people feel a certain way about certain things, but it's the it's the process. It's the it's the connection. It's the being able to relate to things. It's a human experience. We all try to make everyone feel a certain type of way. It's true. It's about understanding the human experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as a group, as opposed <laughs> to, like, just one person. Yeah. I think that's why I really like writing and really like art, is that it makes me going through my struggles and going through my shit less lonely, you know? Like, I really... I really like art that just says things that I don't have to say through their own words or through their own medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even, like, if I don't, like, because I definitely think, and we can have a whole conversation about authorial intent, but sometimes, like, things that artists or authors are trying to get across are not what their audiences pick up on, right? Yeah. So sometimes their audiences pick up on something completely different, right? And even just kind of like that, being able to to connect with a piece of art as a piece of art. Yeah. um, It's really dope. No, that's why I really dug writer's workshops because I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to hear what other people think I'm trying to say. (laughs) It's so true. P.S. If you're a writer and you're trying to make 
somebody feel a certain way and they tell you they don't feel that way, don't feel bad. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes people are just dentists. Right? <laughs> but on that note, I think it's time to go. I think it is. My dog. Yeah. Is barking us to the end of our. Yeah. This scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I forgot she was down there. She just came out from under the couch and was like, there's somebody trying to break in the house. (laughs) All right. So that finishes our episode for this week. Um, If you have any questions for us or just want to know more about our specific work on the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook or Tumblr. We're all conchas y contras. Yeah. Or you can shoot us an email. Yeah. And hopefully we will see you guys at Pomona Zine Fest. Part dos. Yeah, yeah. Part dos. Wildflower Zine Fest. In uh, October. Um, And special shout outs to literally anybody and everybody who tabled at Pomona Zine Fest. Yeah, for Um, real. Like, you guys were awesome. Everybody I talked to was hella nice. Everybody was super awesome. So, shout outs to all those. And. Support local artists because yeah. nobody else does except for your, you yourself. So you need yeah, to, exactly. You need to put your money. Reach to out yeah. to people. Also, like um, Angelica Becerra, who's a really like she's not she's like pretty big artist on Instagram. Like someone asked her like, what's the best way to support your friend as an artist? And she was just like, buy their work. Like. Straight up. Straight up, just buy their work. <laughs> That's the biggest way you can support someone. So, support local artists, support artists in your area, um, and hopefully we'll see you guys at Pomona Zine Fest. Yeah, and drop us any zine artists or zine fest that you think you'd be a good fit for, or like just in general you think are fucking awesome. Yeah, okay. or if you yourself are an artist, yeah. feel free to shoot us an email and We'd Let love to interview you, you, for sure. All right. We'll see you guys later. All right. Bye.